Hello, 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 and welcome back to Show Talk Podcast. This is where I talk, you talk, and we talk about shows. We are back with another episode of Muslim Fort Salem, Season 2, Episode 4. And can you believe that we are almost halfway done with the season already? And I, I honestly don't know how to feel because this episode was... I screamed. I cried. I had a heart attack in the middle of watching Abigail fight for her life. There was a lot of feelings I had for this episode. And I know I said last week that last week was my favorite episode, but this episode was really good. And next week looks really good. And after the synopsis from like the next couple of weeks, I'm... Let's just say I'm very excited for what's to come with this season so far. And so I'm really hoping that there's going to be future seasons going forward if this is what they're giving us for a second season already. So I see those hashtags renew Motherland and Fort Salem season three, and I'm honestly probably going to start using them a lot more in my live tweets, and I hope you guys do as well. Make sure to watch them also on Hulu for the next day because the episodes come out then too. And I feel like if we watch them, then our viewership will go up, which means we'll have more chances of getting a season three, which I know you want, I want. This show deserves it. The fandom deserves it because what was this episode? What was this episode? I literally screamed when I thought Abigail was about to lose her life. Raelle seeing Scylla for the first time, you all lost your mind. And I felt that for you, okay? We had Alder with her hair down, Tally finally confronting Alder, the protest. There's a lot to get into. There's a lot to get into this episode, and I hope you stick with me as we get into it. So let's do that. Let's get into Motherland Fort Salem, Season 2, Episode 4. So I really want to start off this episode with what went down in the protest, because wasn't that really the entire episode, what's going down in the protest, the members who are protesting, the Not Our Daughters Committee, the Army, Elder, the Spray, we had Anacostia, we had Scylla coming through. There was a whole thing. It was like we all finally came together this episode. Some of it kind of good and some of it kind of bad. I mean, that scene between Anacostia and Elder, I almost, not gonna lie, I kind of teared up because they're like family for one another. Like I always say that Anacostia and Elder have like a mother-daughter relationship and the tension that they had now that the truth is finally coming out about Anacostia, you know, betray. I don't want to say betraying, but like disobeying Elder's orders and apparently working for Petra to be able to track Scylla and work with the Spree to find out what's actually going on with the Camarilla. That tension was rough to watch, especially because you can see on Alder's face this hurt that she has for the fact that Anacostia would not trust her anymore. And Anacostia really went out to say kind of to Alder's face that she doesn't trust the actions that Alder has made so far, specifically when it comes to controlling the president, when it comes to what happened last season with the civilians, so many things. And it's not like we can say that Anacostia's feelings for everything that Alder has done isn't valid, because it is, because what she did last season was kind of messed up, and we, we talked about this. We did. Some of the things she did last season was messed up. Some of the things she's done this season was messed up. But the fact that Anacostia, of all people, someone that's telling that to her, 
it's like she has a mirror held up to her face and she's now having to acknowledge everything that she's done and that betrayal that comes with it and having to second guess her decisions if this is what is coming out of it it's going to be a lot for her and I feel like we physically saw that a little bit more when she turns away from Anacostia and you look at her staring out at the window and it looks like she has like tears in her eyes and I was like oh no they're fighting they can't fight their mother and daughter it's not fair but it's there and it's real and it's in their face and they have to acknowledge it now Sarah has to acknowledge it now what lengths is she going to do to protect herself her name her legacy in building Fort Salem she now has to do what she has to do regardless of what Anacostia thinks or Petra thinks or the rest of the army and she is going to get a lot of opposition for that and I feel like that's what we're seeing this episode specifically in a lot of Alder's facial reactions and body movements it's I'm analyzing everything I'm honestly analyzing everything because I feel like Alder is about to hit a breaking point and I honestly don't blame her I can't wait to see it I'm actually really excited because looking at these crowds of not my daughters honestly had me very upset I could have gone through so many rants last night but I didn't I, I held back But I'm not gonna lie, I was ready to run into these crowds with a handful of balloons because I feel like these humans, these non-witches, these muggles don't understand the delicate situation that they're in. For years, for years, witches have been protecting these people because of an alliance they made hundreds of years ago in order to keep themselves safe. And so here Alder is trying to keep more of her people, their people, safe. And yet their only idea is to create something and and do something like this where they're physically and vocally showing that they would never accept witches that they put in servitude for all these years to protect them from the spree, to protect them from the Camarilla. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I was honestly so upset. Because think about it. Think about being a witch. All these witches that came protesting into these, these sites who live in these households where their family members don't want them to be a witch, don't want them to automatically enlist. And yes, I understand you don't want your daughter to have to deal with the threats of having to protect you and having to sacrifice her life and go into different teachings and and different styles and having to change her entire existence overnight by finding out that she's a witch. It's a scary thing. It's a scary thing. No one wants to go about doing that. But the only way to show that you care about your daughter is honestly to be as vocal and as physical and as violent as possible and showing how against it you are. To tell her basically and the entire world and country that you wouldn't love her if she was a witch, that you don't want her to know more about these abilities and who she is as a person. Like, make it make sense. Look at the president's daughter. Look at the president's daughter. She didn't know she was a witch. She went her entire life not knowing she was a witch. And even if she didn't know, even if her mother did know and hid it from her her entire life, she still ended up melting windows. You would think you wanted to send your child who had that ability to be able to melt a window and create dangerous situations, send her off somewhere where she could control her powers and be able to know who she is and her lineage and be able to accept who she... No? Okay. 
Okay, sorry. That was a rant. That was a rant. I went on a rant because I was upset. And I could physically see Alder also upset. Because what did Alder sign this accord for if not to protect her own people? If not to create a safe space for them? And yet this is what she has to face in order to continue that? It's it's the audacity for me, honestly. And I blame the fact that maybe the teachings of Mother and Fort Salem and the witches and what the muggles teach in their schoolings is so different. Maybe we should combine that a little bit more, integrate the histories of witches and what that means to be a witch so that more people can understand what that service entails at the end of the day and i know we talked about like keeping silent and everything that comes with being a witch but maybe at this point maybe the disconnect is is too far it's too real it doesn't help that alder doesn't want to let people know what's happening about the camaria and the fact that they're back and the spree and the dangers that are there for them as well and I guess it's to show that her back isn't against the wall to show that she does have a one-up on them and that she does believe she can get in front of the Camarilla and what they're doing but at the end of the day if the people don't know what the threat is if they can't defend themselves and, and want to send their children in order for these testings to be able to protect their families they don't know what's at stake and that's always going to make Alder the enemy which is what everyone has been trying to do this entire episode make Alder the enemy because she wants to keep all the cards close to her chest in order to what she believes protect everyone and yet now she can't even protect the witches closest to her. I mean, look at Abigail. Look at Abigail. Once again, fighting for her life. Mentally, physically, emotionally. And I am just sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of this season ganging up on Abigail and us having to see her prove that she is a mother effing bellwether and she shouldn't have to go through these struggles in order to show everyone. But I feel like in order to do this now, Abigail has come at an impasse when it comes to who she is and who the army is. And they talked about this a little bit in After the Storm about how Abigail is just sick and tired of waiting for the army to fix things for her. And in all this waiting, she's lost so much. She's lost Charvel. She's lost Adil. She's almost lost her entire life. For what? Nothing has changed. These people, these ideas that she's grown up into and given herself over to has become a disappointment, to be honest. And and now it's like, what is she supposed to do? What is next for her? Especially now that she has a target on her back. And that's the scary part for Abigail that I feel like we're all going to be watching and looking at. Her new growth outside of the army and outside of what it means to be a witch for Fort Salem. Because honestly, what has this system done for her other than have her question who she is? Have her push away those that she she loves in order to protect herself and to continue on with the obligations that have been asked of her? What has it done other than risk her entire life? And I feel like we've seen her grow a little bit more jaded in this life that she 
she feels she's stuck in. When we see her look at these new recruits, she says things like they're going to eat her alive and that in this life, it's only life or death and nothing else. And we, we know that she's faced death so many times. And now the whole life aspect of it, it's her giving up her body to create the new generation. That's all she sees at this point in this system. And it's, it's pretty sad to see compared to last season. I feel like we're seeing so many different parallels, um, and I feel like we're coming full circle in a way when it comes to Abigail and when it comes to Rael, especially as we see Rael this episode go on an entire speech in how the army has changed her, if nothing, for the better, using Scylla's own words and how the army has helped her grow and used her and created something for her that she never had before, given her a purpose. And it's so, it's so a 180, a 360 from what we saw last season. And I think what's also interesting to see when it comes to parallels and looking at both Abigail and Rael is the enemies that are against them. Last season, we saw the spree specifically gunning for Rael and what that meant. And we learned it was because of Willa. And this season, we're seeing the Camarilla really aim for Abigail, putting a whole entire target on her back. And we don't know if it's specifically because she's a bellwether or if there's something else going on. I mean, yes, we know that the bellwethers have very strong seeds and strong works. And they were one of the first few witches that joined Alder and were prominent members in history, but what does that mean? We saw that they're going pretty early on in younger vocals. They started off with Charvel and now they're aiming for Abigail. Will they go for Petra and other bellwethers? Does age matter? Or is it just because their vocal cords are the ones most easily manipulated in order to fit into these devices that the Camarilla are making to fight the witches and the spree and other members of Fort Salem? I'm having a hard time really understanding the motives of the Camarilla and the methods that they're using to fight against them because it seems very hypocritical if it was coming from me like yes they want to eradicate the witches and they don't feel like it's their place and they don't believe that women or people in general should have this amount of power over everyone else and yet they're taking the vocal cords specifically from these witches and using it themselves to be able to fight off witches and i'm just just a question i'm throwing it out there if there was a chance that the camaria could get rid of all of these witches using all of their vocal cords and finally have them all back in hiding and all of that wouldn't the camaria still be the ones on top of everything now that they have this new power over the rest of them by using the vocal cords because yes we learned that they're able to manipulate the voices and we saw that when they used Charvel's voice to lure Abigail but then we also know that they have the devices to stop the seeds from working but can they physically use the vocal cords to be able to activate the witch's seeds to be able to do their own weather work and their own magic I have questions I have so many questions can we do it? And if we are doing it, is that not hypocritical to the mission they have and, and to the ideas that they've given everyone else? Is it all a plot? Do they even care about 
these other muggles and, and these protesters who scream, not our daughters, or are they only using them to fuel the hate that they have against the witches and that they've had for centuries. I mean, look look at this. They use the protest in order to plant their little sound bombs that hurt not only the protesters, but also the witches. And so at the same time, they were used as like a diversion for everything. It's, it's like you can't really tell who the Camry's side is on. You can't tell if it's the purists. You can't tell if it's these protesters. You can't tell if it's just for themselves. And if it is just for themselves, what are their motives? And at the end of the day, who's leading them? Because I don't think it's Jack. Because I think that Jack is just a henchman for everything. Because when they did have Abigail, they mentioned that they're very excited to bring her to see someone or to give her vocals over to him. They mentioned a him. Like, what do you, what do you, who, who? That's what, I sound like an owl, but that's all I want to know. Who are we fighting? Who is the leader of the Camarilla? I don't think it's Jack. I don't. I think that Jack is the one that's doing all of the plays behind the scenes for whoever it is, working with the police and planting all of these bombs and making the connections with the purists and, and with these protesters. But I don't think that he's the one that's doing the jobs. But the boldness of him showing his face to Abigail, I don't know. I don't know. I have questions. Do you guys have questions? Did you guys have similar questions to that as I did? And what does that mean? Are we going to find out who's our enemy at the end of the season like we did last season with the spree? Finding out that it was Willow. Will we find out that there is somebody behind the scenes of the Camarilla that knows us more than we thought? Could it be someone close? If it is someone close, who could? You think we've met him already? You think we've met the leader of the Camarilla and we just don't know it? Do you think it could possibly be the vice president? I mean, we did play around with this theory earlier on in the season, but there is there is some questions behind this man. His wife did die, who was a witch. His daughter is now a witch. He said some shady things about how he feels about witches we know that he wasn't on board with the testing of witches we know that jack has very big power range to be able to work with the police in order to organize the attack on this protest and the witches you gotta have big range be able to do all of that you know and the vice president has that range he was able to tell the president to stay home to be able to go to the testing of Rael. you know i i got my eye on him i have my eye on him the fact that he was able to get penelope out of there before everything happened i'm suspicious i'm suspicious and i hope that you guys are too but maybe i'm wrong and if i am wrong who are your theories on who could potentially be our next Camarilla bad guy if he, we do have a leader? Because at the end of the day, Abigail will never be safe until we figure out who it is. And the only person who could possibly have an idea of who the Camarilla is would have to be Alder. And the only person who is as close to her and her memories right now is Tally. So Tally might actually help us figure out who the leader of the Camarilla is by her connection to Alder. And as we saw at the end of the episode, Tally now confronting Alder about who Nicta is and being tired of the secrets 
we might learn a little bit more. And since we're seeing all of these flashbacks now, and as we talked about last episode about whether or not these flashbacks are connected to the fact that Alder feels guilt about certain things that she's done that's led to maybe the spree or led to maybe the birth of the Camarilla, maybe we'll find out that Alder actually knows who the leader is because she caused it. What if it's Nicta? What if it's Nicta? Because she's just erased from the history books. We don't know if she's dead, to be honest. And Nicta was also the closest to Alder and the closest to the history of the witches. One of Alder's biggest enemies. Last time we saw Nicta and Alder together, they were going through a huge blowout after what she did, killing all those people. And, and Nicta is the one with the special skills to be able to create things using different works and different seeds to be able to fight her enemies. And now the Camarilla are using different machines and mechanisms to be able to fight the witches thoughts concerns questions i have them and now i'm giving them to you you're welcome because although the only real identification that we have of who could be the leader of the camaria is that he's potentially male we don't know if that's true for real she could be using a disguise the entire time to be able to hide the fact that she is a woman because she knows that she wouldn't be able to get the following that she wanted if they found out the truth about her We don't know. We don't know. And that's the best part of it. We're always on our toes about what could be coming next, about who could be our enemy and who could be loyal to us and who's going to change sides at any time. That's what I love about this show so much is that every episode I am just at a loss of what could come next and yet it has me so excited to come back for more and I hope you guys are as well. That's all I really have for you today on this episode of Motherland Fort Salem. But of course, we have some honorable mentions about things that happened in the episode, but that I wasn't able to slip in, but want to give to you because I'm going to talk about it because I love this show. So let's get into it. Let's get into Motherland Fort Salem episode four, season two, honorable mentions. Let's start off with Abigail's fight this episode against the Camarilla. That was amazing. I loved every second of that. I felt like we got to see her improve in her skills, especially after the last time she was attacked by the spree. Stop it. But the pure fact that even when she was able to take down some of the machines that she couldn't use her seed and her vocals because she had hurt herself trying to become the best bellwether last episode that must have been such a blow on her psyche and just another failure for her knowing that she couldn't defend herself and that she was left in that state because of something that she did before trying to be the powerful bellwether name that she wants to make for herself such a kick in the heart man and then speaking of heart her her now breaking up with Adil, unacceptable. Unacceptable. I am a pure Abigail and Adil shipper, and I know that their relationship has not come to an end yet, especially for the pure fact that he was going to leave his entire family for her. Stop. No, their love goes beyond, and I don't believe it's over. I don't believe it's over. Also, on relationship status, Rael and Scylla. I don't even really ship this relationship, to be honest. I haven't, and you guys know that. I've said it so many times. But this episode has kind of put them on a different light for me. And I think it's because of the fact that even as Rael is trying to put herself together after the experience that she's had with Scylla, we still see Scylla reach out for 
real in her own sense when it comes to looking at her picture and listening to her and kind of just always being there in the background still loving Rael. I think that put a different spin on their relationship for me and kind of made it something more. It made me believe that if they were to get back together that I know that Scylla wouldn't hurt Rael again because she knows what she's lost and she doesn't want to lose that again. And so if that's the case, I will I will hold on for them and that relationship that they have. And I feel like they, they will meet pretty soon, especially as it looks like next episode that Rael is going to confront Anacostia about Scylla because they saw each other at the protest. There's no denying that. Their eyes locked and Rael would know those eyes anywhere. So if Anacostia tells her the truth, then that could change the game. But if Anacostia lies to her, that can also change everything when it comes to Rael's belief in the military. Because she's put her faith in these people, she's put her powers in these people, and she's found her family there. And if she finds that not only Alder is lying to her, but now Anacostia, someone that she's looked up to since she was in early trainings, what does that mean? It means that she can't trust the system that she finally put herself into. So that could change the game. And we might see Rael just thinking differently about this life that she's really committed to, especially when it comes to Scylla. And now also Tally, Tally's confrontation with Alder. What does that mean for them? Now that she's going to expose the fact that she's been seeing Alder's memories and that there's still a connection between the two of them, what does that mean? Especially now that Tally has, at the end of the day, finally given up on this belief that Alder is perfect and that she can fix things and that she's doing the best. Tally's questioning things as well. And depending on how Alda responds, both to her knowing that the connection between the two of them still exists and how she responds to the questions about Nicta might change the game for all three of them, you know? And so what can we do? We can't pull an Anacostia and just run from the military and join the spree and, and make our own way. We're kind of stuck at where we are now in war college and what that means. And so it'll be interesting to see what the next phase for our girls will be and what that'll mean for them and, and Fort Salem altogether because Rael is their new power source and Tally does have that connection and Abigail is a strong historical family in this system and to lose all three of them all at once would be a blow to Fort Salem as a whole, to Alder as a whole. So that'll be interesting to see. What else? What else do I want to talk about? Oh yes, the trailer for next week's episode. That looks amazing. It's kind of like we might be going into a little hazing situation to see what our girls have learned and how they're able to defend themselves with the powers that they've birthed and, and come into. And I heard things like we're raising the dead. The dead? Really? Do we really think that this is a good idea right now? The last time we raised the dead... Porter ended up dying because of Scylla. That's all all I have to say on that regard. I don't think it's the smartest thing to do. We're dealing with the mushrooms right now. And that's like the chance between life and death. And do we really want Rael to be using her powers in these situations? I don't know. I don't know. But it also means that we might be tethering the supernatural line when it comes to this show and, and what we can and can't do and how we can combine the supernatural world with witches and if there's more than just witches and 
what that means or if that's just a combination of what it means to be a necromancer living in Fort Salem. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm very excited for it. This trailer looked amazing and it looks like it's going to keep us at the end of our seats and it looks like we're going to meet new characters. I'm excited. I'm excited and I hope you guys are as well. But that's all I really have for you this episode. Thank you so much if you came this far and listened to me rant and my questions and my theories and I hope you guys also have questions and theories and if you do, feel free to reach out to me at showtalkpodcast on Twitter or send me an email at showtalkpodcast at gmail.com. If you just want to discuss more, you can always check out my website, showtalk.blog, if you want to see other shows that I'm podcasting. But like always, you guys know what to do. Keep on talking. I will see you next time.